If you're here right now listening to my voice, then it may be a sign. A sign that you're ready to tap into your spiritual power and learn deep wisdom in the process. So without further ado, welcome to The Adam Harmon Show. Hi, I'm your host, Adam Harmon Banning, and welcome back to The Adam Harmon Show, realizing your spiritual potential. You know, in this episode, we're going to be talking about something really interesting. Some people may call it a thought experiment. I call it critical thinking. Well, whatever you call it, listen in. What we're talking about today is, what if you were God? And embracing your spiritual power to manifest. So here, here's the question. Why is God seen as an old white man with a beard? That's interesting. Why is he a white man with a beard? There are many different other types of races on this planet. There are African Americans. There are people who are Hispanic, people who are Asian. Why isn't he one of those? Interesting. Why Why is that the case? And if you were to take a look at the concept of, is there alien life out there? Is there life beyond our planet? Every single mathematician, physicist, astronomer, astrophysicist all agree there has to be. It's almost impossible in this infinite universe not to have other forms of life and intelligent life, possibly vastly more intelligent than us in certain situations. So if everything in the universe is under God's purview, then how come God wasn't seen as an alien, like a gray alien with big black eyes? Well, here's another one for you. Why isn't he a she? Well, that's interesting. Some people will report that before God was a male, there was this concept of the goddess, and, and I think that might be true. But I ask the question, why isn't he a she? Well, there's no real good answers to that one. Um, you know, and, and if God is omnipotent, all right, then why does he have arms and hands and legs and feet? Does he need to walk anywhere? I don't think so. If he's omnipotent, he's everywhere. He's in everyone's heart. He's out there in every plant, in every creation. What does he need all the parts human beings need? Okay. Hey, listen, this morning I woke up and I had my cup of coffee. I needed a hand or a set of hands to be able to make it. But does God have coffee in the morning? I don't think so. The answer seems for this to be two things. First of all, familiarity, and secondly, focus. The first one is familiarity. We will take an information from something that we can relate to. So within our Western world, we can relate to an older, white, wise man uh, with a big beard on him. Beards are usually signs of wisdom as well, going all the way back into the Bible. So this is very, very important. And we as human beings, by the way, have something called xenophobia. That means a fear of the unknown, a fear of the strange. So we want familiarity so we don't feel afraid of what we are praying to. The second thing is focus. I said familiarity and focus. If God is as big as people are saying, God is everywhere. God is, is the entire universe. How do you keep that big concept in your mind? How do you pray to something that big? You got to focus it in and put it into a manageable form. And the manageable form from the Western world is an old white dude who has himself a beard um, and sits on top of a cloud. So that seems to be more of the case. You know, you may send comments out to me and I, I, I look forward to them. Send them to the Adam Harman, that's H-A-R-M-A-N show at gmail.com. Would love to hear your thoughts about my thoughts. Now, let's go deeper into this question of 
What if we were God or you were God? Think of that concept. Let's play with it for a moment or so. You know, on YouTube, if you look up Alien Blue Book interview, you're going to find a video which was created in the early 1960s. Now, the reason why I point out to you that it was created in the early 1960s is in that time, we did not have the CGI skills. We did not have all of these different special effects skills that we have these days. Heck, I remember like in the uh, uh, late 70s, early 80s, whatever that was, that Star Wars came out when they had that model go overhead of the enormous ship. We were all blown away by that, and that was about 18 years after this video came out. So they didn't have these effects, but they showed with such beautiful video of this alien being interviewed and it moving its mouth. We didn't have those types of technology back in those days. So I take it as real, and some of the information from it was amazing. They had uh, some interesting information come out when a CIA interrogator said, you just made a comment that there is no meaning to the universe. There is no divine order to the universe. That doesn't make any sense. What about God? And he said, well, we don't believe in those things anymore. We believe that the meaning is the meaning that you make. So he took it, the interviewer took it as, oh my goodness, uh, everything is random and, and nothing means anything. And there is no God. And how could you do that? And he got a little crazy on the alien. But what the alien was trying to say, and I, I read between the words on this one here, that we create our meanings and realities in a godlike way in a way that we attribute to God. So why are we projecting this out there? Why are we standing there going, it's God that's doing all this? I believe, and this is just my belief, I'm open to people coming up with real critical thinking facts here. I believe that we can't conceive having godlike powers as human beings. I mean, every single day, you know, we drive to work, we go to work, we stay at work, we deal with all the garbage, we come back home, we look forward to the weekends. It seems like a very mundane life, not, not like a godlike or divine life. So it's, it's a, a life where we have problems being able to see ourselves as godlike. And then, since we do know deep within inside us that it is the truth that we have miracles inside of us, and we can do miracles, and it's been proven throughout the news in so many cases, I'll share one with you in a moment, but we have to be able to see that magic in our lives. Otherwise, we feel empty. And that's why people look for miracles. I believe that we project it onto a familiar being outside of us. A white dude with a big gray beard, okay, sitting on a cloud. So we can experience the masterful power of creation somewhere in a place outside of us, but actually it resides within inside of us. What could be the, the mechanism behind this perspective? I want to discuss that for a second here. And I think probably it would be best to start with the Roger Bannister story. If you're familiar with Roger Bannister, then hang in there. But if you're not familiar, Roger Bannister was the first person who ever ran the four-minute mile. Now, in that time, this was the early 1950s, they had scientists and well-known doctors make testimonies that this was impossible. Only a feat that could be done by a racehorse, but not a human being. It is physically impossible. But Roger Bannister did it in the early 1950s. Now, was he any different than the first Olympiads who actually were in Greece back at around the time of Christ? Was he any different uh, genetically or in, uh, to the greatest extent physically? Not that much different. But what he did have was the power of belief. You know, they, they mention in the Bible, uh, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. 
Okay? Well, faith is belief. And he had this belief, and he actually did it. First man in history who actually did it. Was he different than his predecessors going back thousands of years? No, not really. But he actually believed he could do it. He looked at it, and he did it. But even more to prove that point of belief, guess what happened within the next year after he broke that record? Well, six more people broke that record as well. I believe because they also believed it was possible. If the power of one person's belief could do that, then how powerful is the belief of billions of humans? Now, why do I say billions of humans? If you take a look at the latest data, worldwide data, on individuals who are atheists who don't believe basically anything besides their meat suit and they die when they're done and, uh, you know, they don't go to heaven, they don't go to anywhere, they're atheists, okay? If you take away all the atheists from the seven point whatever billion individuals that are out there on the planet and you're left with about five billion human beings. So one person's belief allowed him to do something that was supposedly, according to science and medicine, physically impossible. Roger Bannister four-minute mile. What could the belief of five billion humans do? We hear all these reports of miracles that happen across the globe. Maybe individuals are tapping into that field of belief. That's an interesting thought, right? Maybe when we pray, we're actually tapping into that vast field of belief. Maybe Instead of there being a god out there, a white dude with a beard on in a cloud, maybe we're all shareholders in this massive reservoir of belief, and we can call upon it in many different ways, our intent, even prayer. So let's talk about it from that point of view, this massive reservoir of belief, five billion people strong. Here's some possible things to think about in regards to improving your outcomes of your requests or prayers to that field of belief. One thing you may want to look into is stop seeing God as a different race. I mean, you know how many African-American individuals are going to churches where they see God as a white dude? That must be a little bit unnerving for them because he has the same color as people who enslaved their ancestors. And it may be like, well, that's a white God. A lot of interesting cognitive dissonance there. Number two, stop seeing God as human. I mean, listen, you know, you give him arms, you give him legs, you give him hands, you give him eyes. He sees all, supposedly. This doesn't make sense either. This is cognitive dissonance that, at the very worst, will keep you from accessing that faith because you'll have an internal voice inside your head going, maybe this isn't real. Number three, see God as a picture of you. A you that's calm, blissful, and fulfilled. Your higher self. Well, if you want to be able to have familiarity, that's great. If you want to have focus and focus this concept, this vast concept, into a place that you can approach and enter into, that's great. But allow it to empower you. Then don't bargain with God to give you your wishes. Oh, God, if you give me this, I'll be good forever. Oh, God, if you allow my kid to be able to make it to that special graduate school, you know, and get admitted in, I'll do this and this. I won't drink anymore. Whatever. You know, this brings up an interesting point, and I'll leave you with this one. You ever notice that many times people who are very wealthy, stepped on other people, did nasty things, ungodly things, things that Christ would have supposedly not been too into, definitely not advocate of. You ever notice that they make money and you stand there going, you know something, why does God let these people make money? 
Well, when we take it from this other perspective of you being shareholders in this massive reservoir of belief, there's something which is interesting about these individuals who are rather wealthy and at the same time have done some nasty stuff to get there. When they make requests, they don't justify their requests like, I'm good enough to be able to receive this from God. They don't stand there and say, well, I'm going to bargain with God to be able to get this. They understand that simply making the request is a good enough reason for them to receive what they want to receive. There's no question about it. There's no question in their asking. There's no bargaining in their asking. They don't ask the question, am I worth it or do I deserve it? They just go after it. So you may want to consider that. What are you asking for in the world around you? And you're justifying it by saying, I'm good enough or I'm worthy. Think about that. Even do a journal for a week and ask yourself that question. Oh, I just asked God for a raise. And then I justified it with all the reasons why I deserve it. Like you're being judged. But what if you're not being judged? There are other people who are doing well with their success and who recognize that being judged is not part of their process of attaining their goals. Well, I'll leave you with that one. And thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, this is Adam Harmon Banning for The Adam Harmon Show. You take care. Thanks for joining us today. If you're interested in booking a session, receiving intuitive coaching, or learning more about my spiritual self-help books, please email me at theadamharmanshow at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-A-D-A-M H-A-R-M-A-N show at gmail.com. Take care and have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Adam Harmon Show.